The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating her 43rd birthday today. Happy birthday to Natalie Imbruglia. Sure. <laughs> nothing's, nothing's wrong I'm torn or nothing's fine I'm torn. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. Or is that, uh, I don't remember who these... these. I think you so. nailed it. Is that right? I, I think know. you nailed it. Mm. Um, can I start a new thing? <sighs> oh, oh. It's gonna be you have the controls. You I can want, do whatever you want. I want to call it first four through the door. Shout out Matt McSpadden, Miziel Romero, Rob Hadaway, and John Purcell. That's first going to four through. That's the going door. to assume that we have four viewers every day. That <laughs> which yeah, it's it's usually a race for these guys. Ruben Rios is often one of the first ones too, so he'll he'll end up getting a lot of shouts too. And sitting to my right, the Super Bowl MVP to my PED suspension, our West African <laughs> prince, <laughs> Ishmael Johnson. Hello, Ishmael. How you doing, man? Yeah, that's something. We're just going to gloss just, over we that. We just don't huh? talk about that Julian Edelman. We're going to gloss over the fact that Julian Edelman missed the first four games of the, of the year and ended up. Uh, what are you talking about, Greg? He's a future Hall of Famer. That's the dumbest tweet that I saw last that night. Is and there were some dumb tweets. There are bad takes. There were some and bad that takes. Might be and the worst one. Julian Edelman is go- is a Hall of Famer. Is like, whoa, guys. It's a debate if he's the best <clears throat> Patriots slot receiver of the past decade. Somebody compared. <laughs> somebody compared his numbers to Dwayne Bow, and let me tell you. <laughs> The numbers don't look great for Julian Edelman. Anyway, oh God. today yeah. is Monday, February 4th, 2019, 297 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 703, 703, Gino Petrali's OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career from 1985 to 1993. On today's show, guys, we're going to have a Baylor postmortem, continue our series of college football postmortems where we uh, break down the Bears, what went right, what went wrong, and what we can expect in 2019. And then, back half of the show, big time guest. Going to talk with the new head coach of the Leander Lions, Coach Chris Price, moving from Keller as a defensive coordinator to become the head coach at Leander. Excited to talk to Coach Price coming up here at the back half of the show. First and foremost, though. Why do you sound terrible? I mean, I do sound terrible. But I thought you were supposed <clears throat> to be better. I am. The, mm. here's, here's the best part. This is actually better. Ugh. Ooh. God. So, <clears throat> let's talk about that game last night. Okay. <laughs> Guys, nobody loves football more than us. Yes. Nobody is sadder to see the football season end than the people gathered in this room. Mm -hmm. But just because it was the last game of the year doesn't mean we have to pretend it was something it wasn't. Guys, that game sucked. (laughs) That was a terrible football game. But Greg, but Greg, the defense was amazing. You just hate the defense. It oh was, I'm a defensive expert. As a former defensive coordinator, I would like you to know, sir, 
yeah. that it was the greatest game I've ever seen. I can those <laughs> those brains right. matching brains with the muscle and offense is terrible because go defense. It was great. I can acknowledge. I have that defeated Bill, your argument. <laughs> I can acknowledge that Bill Belichick absolutely schooled Sean McVay with a great defensive game plan. I can also acknowledge that it wasn't fun to watch. No, it was a bad game. <laughs> like guys. it was a bad game. And, and here's the thing: don't trust me. Right. Don't t- if you enjoyed that game. Good, good for, for you. you. Good for you. But don't act like we're somehow dumber and less like football savvy than you because we watched that game and, well, wow, the Rams are playing terrible offensively. And by the way, the Patriots weren't playing particularly well offensively either. No. And that's not to say that the defenses don't have something to do with it. But a poor offense and a good defense can both happen at the same time. Yep. And that's what happened. And don't trust me. Go look at, and I tweeted this, Aaron Schatz from uh, Football Outsiders tweeted the DVOA rate, uh, ratings from last night, and they were horrendous. Yep. It was basically the Rams were basically like if you replaced them with the Raiders, and you said, "Oh, let's see if anybody noticed." <laughs> <laughs> they were horrifying. They were, <clears throat> they were. They were. DVOA, by the way, is adjust. The, the D is for defense adjusted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's taking into account that the defense played particularly well. They're still saying that was the worst offense. That would have been the worst worst offense of the Arizona Cardinals last night. It was bad. It was a bad, bad, bad Jared game. Jared Goff was missing easy throws. Right. Like, it was like, it was, yes, the Patriots' secondary was really good, and, like, Bill Belichick did a good job of, like, mixing things up. But, like, it was also because that he knew that if Jared Goff saw one thing out of the ordinary, he wouldn't be able to hit a receiver. Right. So like once he saw once like the Rams receivers went out, which they're awesome receivers. So like once they went out and there was a an assignment on each one of them, or like they had a double assignment. So like Jared Goff had no nobody open. Like he it was, was like, I don't know what to do because there was that one touchdown right. that Brandon Cook that was deflected. Brandon Cooks is running free, and Jared Goff ah, and then wait, he waits till he's like wide uh sit, sitting still basically, and then I I forgot if it was Gilmore or McCourty. Somebody was waiting there finally to catch up to it. It was the the Rams ran sixty offensive plays last night. Yeah. Sixty. Twenty seven went for zero or negative yards. Yeah. You want to tell me <laughs> that that was somehow a great game? Also. This is like the underrated thing, but the thing that Ish and I kept noticing as we were watching it. Oh, another flag. Great. Yeah. Anything Here good happened. Another, anything yeah, good happened. Any, any momentum the game started to get up, flag. Yeah. Like, which, like, I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty. Just, right. like, that's God, it was, game. It was, all the bad things combined. Yeah. There are, there are great games that are low scoring. Mm-hmm. There are terrible games that are high scoring. Mm-hmm. This was a bad low scoring game. I will it was ride, poorly played. I will ride for that Bama LSU national title because to me that was a fascinating yes, national title. It was. Game. That was a great defensive game. That was ten times more entertaining than and we were watching Jordan Jefferson play quarterback. Yes. Like that wasn't a stellar offensive game, but it was more entertaining. And Max brought up, yeah, Max brought up the flags. It was like it wasn't even like thirty yard, you know, touch thirty yard throw flag. It was like anything positive, seven yard run flag. Yeah, five yard out route flag. Like I mean, it was like any any to anything positive. I was like, nope, can't have that. Yeah. It was just it was so. What I'm saying is is if you enjoyed the game, that's fine. Yeah. But don't insult my intelligence <laughs> and tell me that I didn't watch what I watched. Right, because I did. Yep. I saw the game. If you want to, if people want to bring up that they uh, people want to go after that Ram, uh, the Rams Chiefs regular season game. There were three defensive touchdowns in that game. 
Like yeah, you want to talk, oh, this all this high scoring offense is nothing, you know, is where's the defense? There were three defensive touchdowns in that awesome Rams Chiefs regular season asking. game. That's why it was entertaining because he had both. It's okay I'm, to have yes, both. That was two units. That was four units yeah. that were playing well. Right. Four units playing well. And it just it was who was going to make the adjustments. Last night you had two units playing well. Mm-hmm. One unit that was not good but did enough. Right. And one absolutely horrendous unit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Let's get into our Baylor post <laughs> Let's talk about the Baylor uh the, the two thousand eighteen Baylor Bears. Uh let's talk about what uh, went right, what went wrong, and what we can expect going forward. Let's start with what went right. It is so bizarre, actually, to look at the Baylor Bears as they exist now against the backdrop of what they used to be offensively. Because now, if you think of uh, the Art Briles Baylor teams, you're thinking wild explosiveness, just like huge play after huge play. This has, this is like in, in two years, Matt Rule has turned them into an efficient offensive, just like not a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. But just like a, a plotting machine that will just pound you and pound you and pound you. And they were an exceptionally efficient offense this year. Very efficient. Which is, and the bizarre part is, almost no explosiveness. Right. They were like, they did not hit big plays. They were not a, a team that was going to, to house it every time they touched the ball. They were the definition of methodical. It was, yes. They went, they've gone from, in, in basically three years, mm-hmm. they have gone from, the giant, the, the 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 huge play, just haymaker team, mm-hmm. to just jab 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 jab, yep. but just death by a thousand cuts, and that's such a credit to Matt Rule to to instill that into his team because they were it, it ended up being particularly positive for them. Um, look, I'm not here to tell you that the 2018 Baylor Bears were great, uh, according to. Um, according to the S and P Plus, they were the 80th best team in the country. Okay, I think that's a little low, but that's sure. fine. Um, but this was a team that that found a way to be efficient. They ran the ball pretty well. Uh, they threw the ball effectively, mm-hmm. not not down the field much, but right. they uh, they threw the ball effectively. They used what they had, and that was something that I think is is a huge credit for them. Um, it and you know they're actually defensively. You know we're going to talk a little bit more about the defense, but. Um, the defense was not all that good, but really good on third down. Mm-hmm. They were really good third and long. They were 13th in the nation, third and short. They were sixth in the nation. I think Shahan had a good breakdown of their defense earlier in the season. It was Their defense was fine. They would just give up the absolutely back-breaking play. Yes. Like, it was... They would get them to third and eleven, and then they would just get to give up fifteen yards. Right, <laughs> and so it was like, oh, okay, we got them in the situations, and then when they got to the uh, the pro defensive situations, they would just collapse. Yes, and so that's that's kind of. I mean, I guess if you're a defensive coordinator trying to work in a new, you know, trying to work with this unit, that's a quote unquote positive because that's something you can coach, yeah. right? You can coach. You know your safety is not to let the wide receiver to get behind them. You yeah. can coat, you can scheme around that as opposed to just getting punched for six yards as right. a carry or something like that. And the thing for me that that I think is super encouraging for Baylor is that this was an offense. This was an offense that is was not predicated on one guy. Mm-hmm. This was an offense that just looked like a machine, and yeah. it just it was it, methodical is the word that I would use. And I think that that's the best thing you could say about them is that the offense has transformed into this kind of. Um, you know, this this machine-like um, 
operation that mm-hmm. is is able to to march down the field and, and kind of break teams' wills. And which of course, I, they look like they have their quarterback now too. Yeah, because it looked like I mean, heading into the year, we're like, I don't know, is Jalen McClendon going to be there? Is the yeah. is uh, that freshman? I forgot his name. Uh, Gary Bohannon. He's going to uh-huh. come in, you know, and. Charlie Brewer, it took a little bit. It was a little yeah. shuffling in there a little bit, but Charlie Brewer stepped in and kind of, I mean, there's no reason to not assume that he's going to be one of the top one young quarter or yeah. top junior quarterbacks going into the Big 12 Absolutely. next year. So then what went wrong? Uh, so the defense was not good. Uh, the defense was was particularly just, and, and, and you hit the nail on the head, they gave up the big play. Yeah. Like, whereas the offense really couldn't find the big play, the defense, the found, defense the big found the big play all the time. <laughs> um, from an efficiency perspective, they weren't great, yeah. but from an explosiveness perspective, is really where they got killed. Uh, they gave up huge plays uh, in the running game. They were actually 119th in marginal rushing explosiveness defensively, which is not good. Uh, and uh, and and you know, this was a team that that basically, from a defensive perspective, um, if they weren't forcing turnovers. Mm-hmm then if you kept them on the field, you were eventually going to find a way to hit a big play. Yeah. And they gave up a ton of big plays, uh, and, and you see that in their losses. Uh, the loss to Duke, uh, uh, just give up a bunch of big plays. Oklahoma, obviously, that's going to be uh, the case. Um, Texas, in a lot of ways, uh, was you know they won that game because they were able to hit a couple of big plays. Sure. Um, you know, West Virginia is a big play machine. I think that that goes without saying. But for me... This is a um, this is a Baylor team that that defensively they were so prone to the big play that even if they were okay efficient from an efficiency perspective mm-hmm. those big plays just just cut the legs out from underneath them right uh, offensive MVP I think it's got to be uh, Charlie Brewer yeah I think that he was the guy that you know w- when you talk about an offense that doesn't have the star and I thought Jalen Hurd was pretty good sure um, and he certainly deserves some some credit here as well uh, but I think that when you talk about the kind of the the gas for the engine. Mm-hmm. This was the guy who was in control of this offense. They relied on him to make good decisions. They relied on him to to methodically run this offense, mm-hmm. and he did it in a, in a in a very in a very positive way. It wasn't always great, sure. And we mentioned, you know, you mentioned it off the top that this is a team that that had its struggles early, but. I thought Charlie Brewer really improved as the season went on, and, and so I would say he would be my offensive MVP. And I think it kind of culminated with that bull performance because Van- yes. that Vanderbilt defense is a good defense, and he looked spectacular. He looked he like really what, did. He looked like what we'd seen what we seen from him at Lake Travis. It yeah. was like, oh, this is this is the quarterback that we kind of thought we saw glimpses of his freshman year, and that we were waiting to kind of exponentially see him improve right. into this year. And he's it's he's so emblematic of what this offense has become, right? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna. He does not have the the kind. He's not Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he's, he's not going gonna to sling it seventy, sling it seventy yards, and, and drop that dime. Right. But what he is going to do is he's going to be just efficient, get what you need, and keep and move on to the next down. He's going to have that seventy percent completion. Like that. That's like his. That's like that number. He's like, yeah. If you could pick somebody in the Big Twelve, he's like, oh, he's going to be the one to lead this this conference in completion percentage, right. something like that. Uh, from a defensive perspective, defensive MVP. Uh, you got a couple choices. I think you could go with Blake Lynch up front, who I thought was exceptional. Uh, he led the uh, he led the team in sacks. Is that right? Yeah, five and a half sacks. Led the team in sacks. I, I thought that he was their most reliable um, kind of stand up rush end and stuff like that. Um, or you could go with Clay Johnston. Clay Johnston, I think for uh, for a team that. Uh, the linebacker core was a question coming into the year. I think that he stepped up in a big way. Mm. Uh, you go with either one of those. I'd probably lean a little bit towards Blake Lynch. I think he made a, a few more splash plays. Uh, had those. Uh, had the. Had a knack for the bigger play. Uh, but I don't. I think you're you're okay going either way. Or you go with Drew Galitz or their punter, who was Blake really Lynch, good. a guy who's played like 17 positions. At right, Taylor's a guy, a guy years. who does not have a. Uh, yeah. Who doesn't have? 
<coughs> you gonna be right over there? <coughs> nope. This is the end. Um, and then, <coughs> looking forward, 2019. You got the quarterback back. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a majority of the offensive line coming back, which I think is a positive. Uh, you got, you know, we didn't talk a ton about the running game, but John Lovett, I think, has kind of uh, emerged as, as a running back. If they can get, uh, if they can keep Jermichael Hasty healthy, I think that they've got a chance to, to do that. The questions for me are going to be, um, you get another year of Denzel Mims, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, a guy we didn't even mention, but he, he had, he was a guy who flashed, right? Right. At times, he looked incredible, and other, other times, I mean, he would, he had the case of the dropsies mm-hmm. in which it was just not a good year uh, at, at times for him. They yeah. do lose Chris Platt. Um, my questions are going to be on the defensive side. Sure. Uh, you know, you're losing for Kendrick Vaughn's. Um, you're, you're losing um, guys in the secondary, you know, guys up front like Greg Roberts. Overall, I think that there, there is a reason to think that this was that if you go from one and 11 uh, <clears throat> to, to seven and six, mm-hmm. That they could jump up to about eight wins next year, sure. and I think that's certainly in, in 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 the mix. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, there is a puncher's chance they go into Stillwater at about six and zero. Yeah, because you start off, uh, you host SFA, uh-huh. host UTSA, then you go to Rice, mm-hmm. Iowa State's the tricky one. Yep, at Kansas State under a new coach, then we don't know what Matt Wells' tech's going to look like, yep. and then you go to Stillwater. That's potentially an that is yeah. a puncher's chance at an unbeaten Baylor going to Stillwater. You've got a chance. That's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because I I don't think there's there's no reason, first of all, to not to not to go not to host Iowa State three and Certainly. Right. Not. That SFA, would be UTSA Rice. That's that, a it would be a disappointing if they didn't. Right. That's the tri- that's the only tricky one. And then obviously tech with what they have coming back, how they look under Matt Wells, we don't know. Right. But there is a realistic shot that we're looking at an unbeaten Baylor yeah. all midway through October. Look, I mean, this was a this is obviously a big step in the right direction. I know Baylor fans are fired up, you know. About as fired up as you could be to for a seven and sixteen. Sure, sure. But overall I think that there's a lot of things moving in the right direction. Gotta stay healthy, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh the arrow is pointing upward there for Baylor. Give me a second. Drink some water. I'm dying. Thank you. Go ahead. I'm just going to mute mute Greg here for a second while he. <laughs> and you can all hear that through yeah. our microphones. Yeah. You better now? That's what I needed. There we go. That's what I needed. Oh, Thank oh, you. Here we go. All right. Had the big one. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbells Texas Football Insider. It's our subscription package. You get two magazines, 2018 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Hey, signing day is on Wednesday. If you want to know who your favorite team is signing, perhaps we can send you a magazine. Uh, we'll drop that in the mail for you today if you subscribe today. You also get pre-order for the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, which, believe it or not, we're already working on, uh, which will come out in June. Uh, subscribers got it a week early last year. It's the magazine you know us for, the 400-pager pro- previewing every high school team, every college team in the state of Texas. You get that. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, a season's worth of Tap and Step, our premium high school football podcast, uh, in uh, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete, and Greg Powers, our, our recruiting analyst. Uh, you're going to get all sorts of Texas Football Today extras, all that good stuff, all for a low, low price of $19.95 for an entire year. $19.95 for an entire year. Makes a great gift as well. 
It's texasfootball.com to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Max, let's go to the hotline and bring in the new head coach of the Leander Lions. We are joined by Coach Chris Price. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations uh, on the new gig. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to hear f- from you. Uh, you know, you moved from the Keller defensive coordinator position down uh, to Leander. Uh, why was this uh, job such a good fit for you? Uh, I think uh, if you look at uh, demographics and, and things like that, you'll see some similarities between uh, Keller and Leander, uh, the attitude of uh, the community, the the work ethic of the community is something that uh, I'm very excited about. It, it kind of reminds me of, of places that I've been and had a little success. So uh, there are a lot of things that just kind of fit together well and uh, a lot of things that, that match my personality that, that made Leander a really, really good fit for me. Uh, you're leaving uh, you, uh, the the job there at Keller, where uh, you were uh, the defensive coordinator for what was really an exceptional um, defense there under under head coach Ke- uh, Carl Stralo. Um, I'm I'm really interested, you know, for for Leander fans who are listening, what what kind of style of defense can can you expect uh, to see from your Lions? Well, we're going to be pretty multiple. I think that uh, some of the things that that I've been a part of in the past. Uh, that created some some high pressure uh, situations for us and allowed us to create some turnovers and and some big plays defensively have stemmed from from being pretty multiple and and uh, making it difficult for young quarterbacks and offensive coordinators to read uh, exactly what we were doing and some of the coverage concepts that we were in. So those are things that I, I plan on bringing with me and with the kids that we have here. Uh, I think we can do some some really really cool things defensively because we have a, a lot of athletic kids um, that work work really really hard so I'm excited about what we're going to see here this upcoming season you got hired a couple of weeks ago I'm, I'm, I'm interested uh, to hear have you had an opportunity to to chat with your with your new team and, and if so uh, what was your message to them I have spoken with uh, the kids in the program as well as the coaches um, and I was excited when when I arrived in Leander to see how hard they were working in the weight room uh, and and during our boot camp phase. And my message was really simple. The attitude and the work ethic that they already were bringing to the table, uh, we were going to have to ramp that up even more uh, if we were going to be successful this year. And uh, over the last couple of days since I've been here, um, I've seen that attitude take place. They're working so incredibly hard in the weight room and and in our boot camp phase. Uh, I feel really good about where we are right now. We're talking with Chris Price, the new head coach of the Leander Lions here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Coach, uh, there's no real good way to sugarcoat it. You're, you're taking over a program that's in need of a jolt. Uh, it's it's uh, you know coming off of a 1-9 season. Uh, Leander hasn't had uh, the kind of success that they've become accustomed to in the past. Uh, you know What is it going to take, in, in, from your perspective, uh, to, to give them that jolt, to get them over the top, to get them to the point uh, where they are back uh, competitive and, and competing for district championships? Uh, I, like I've stated, um, I think the kids are kind of on their way right now. I think the attitude that you take into offseason dictates a lot in terms of, of how your season is going to turn out. Their attitude is, is so high. They're so positive and so intense right now. Uh, I see a lot of good things happening for us. Um, you know, we obviously want to get as many kids as we can involved in the program. Um, and, you know, we talked about 
being multiple on defense. We're going to have to be creative offensively and, and creative on special teams. So we have some work to do, but uh, that work becomes a lot easier uh, if you take the right attitude and the right mindset into it. Uh, the other thing, you know, there is another side of the ball. You're the, the uh, defensive guy, but at the same time, uh, you, uh, we can uh, certainly expect some some offensive firepower uh, from these Leander Lions as well. Uh, from an offensive perspective, what can we expect to see from your Lions? Well, um, as we kind of move into uh, our spring ball phase here here in a few weeks, um, we're going to look at, at the kids and, and place them in a position to be successful. Um, we they're transitioning uh, out of you know a flex bone which they were in last year and and so there are going to be some things that we have to adjust uh, in terms of uh, how we look offensively but they have a great foundation on some of those uh, big skills you know uh, playing with high intensity blocking at the point of attack they've done some of those things pretty well here in the last couple of years and so we're just going to build on that and you know how that looks offensively We'll change a little bit, but we'll we'll put our kids in the position, best position to be successful. So it, it's safe to say that there's not one particular scheme that you're committed to. You're going to kind of see the, the kids and, and what you've got and, and just try to put them in a, in a position that they can succeed? Absolutely. You know, w- watching the kids in mm-hmm. uh, some of our um, football skills and drills and things like that over the next um, several weeks will indicate a lot, dictate a lot. Uh, in terms of how we look offensively and defensively, you know, uh, I've been pretty flexible as a defensive coordinator, and we we've been pretty successful doing things that way. There's no reason that you can't be flexible offensively and in your special teams. So that's the attitude I'm going to bring into it, and and I think the kids are ready to match that. Uh, we're talking with Chris Price, the new head coach of the Leander Lions here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation hashtag TF Today. Coach, you're a, you're a guy who's who's been a, a longtime assistant, and, and you've bounced around. Uh, you know, you've been at, at Colleyville Heritage, Fort Worth Dunbar, you were at Bernie, you were at Mejia, most recently at Keller. Um, Obviously, I mean, you're you're a guy whose whose name we've heard come up a lot in connection with with a lot of jobs. You're one of the more well thought of uh, assistants in the state, um, and we we hear all the time that coaches are basically just a, a mishmash of of all the guys that they've coached with. Uh, from from the you know, I'm sure your your phone's been blowing up over the ca- past couple of weeks. What advice have you gotten uh, from from your your former head coaches, your, your former colleagues, uh, as you head into this job? Uh, I've gotten a lot of great advice. You know, I've you know worked for a lot of really awesome guys, Coach Fuller, Coach Stralo, uh, Coach Dormady, um, and all of the guys that I've worked with ha- have been uh, very influential on me. Um, probably the best advice I've received is make sure your phone is charged. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so, a good one, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that, that part was very accurate. Uh, I didn't follow it the first night, and... That batter is pretty dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, finally, Coach, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, you know the, the the situation you're stepping into. We talked a little bit about Leander, but you're you're going into a bear of a district too. District 13, 6A is is tough. Obviously, you know Vandergrift at the top, uh, Cedar Ridge, Hendrickson, always very good. You're you're in a part of the state uh, that is known for um, you know for putting out good teams, and, and you're in a district that's going to challenge you. Some from your from your perspective, um, you know, when you go to your team and, and you show them the schedule um how how much of it is going to be uh you know laying out for them the challenge that's ahead for them 
you know, our focus is not going to be on anybody except for ourselves. You know, we're going to focus on uh, improving ourselves, you know, day in and day out. And I think if if our attitude is about making Leander better, um, then when we get to some of those tough teams in the district, we'll have opportunities uh, to play well against them. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of great teams in this area and in this region. But our focus can't be on that, right? Especially right now in this offseason period, we have to focus on uh, getting ourselves to, to a point where we uh, feel good about what we're doing. And, and that's our focus. Um, you know, those games are going to be hard fought in the fall, but it's not fall yet. Let's take care of offseason and make sure that uh, we're doing everything we can to improve. He is Chris Price. He is the new head coach of the Leander Lions. Follow him on Twitter at CoachPrice03. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the new gig, and uh, go charge your phone. <laughs> yes, yes, sir, I will. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, guys. There he goes, Chris Price, the head coach, the Leander Lions. Uh, excited for him. And, and, and again, I, I really do mean that. That's, that's a name that has been, that we've heard for mm-hmm. years and years and years connected with jobs, a, a very well thought of assistant in the DFW Metroplex, you know, under Colleyville Heritage uh, under, under, with Mike Fuller and, and then Carl Stralo at Keller. And, and, and you, you saw what they did. Uh, the, the Keller defense this year was, was really, really exceptional uh, in large part due to Coach Price. So excited to see what they can do at Leander. You know, Leander's yeah, a, it's a, a tough man. It's, it's a program that's, uh, I, 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 I tried to phrase it in a nice way. It's stuck in the mud. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those schools that's been ripped apart by you know new schools being built because mm-hmm. like Cedar Cedar Park, Le- uh, Vandegrift, you uh-huh. mentioned those schools in that Leander area is such a fast growing area that the the, the city high school Leander High School yeah. was just got you know picked apart by all the um, the feeder the feeder yeah. middle schools feeding outside. It would be it would be, be very cool to see them get back in it and uh, excited to see what Coach Price does uh, down there. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time to chat with us. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Super Bowl final thoughts. Okay, just final thoughts. Uh, (laughs) L says, uh, did anyone catch the big football story this past weekend? The big football story. Mr. Texas football is coming to Georgetown. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah, actually, boy, it was a big big week for our uh, Rio Grande Valley darlings uh, this week. As uh, Mr. Texas football, Landry Gilpin, uh, announced that he is going to sign with Southwestern. Uh, They're in Georgetown, play Division III, and he is going going to rip up the American Southwest Conference. (laughs) Um, it's gonna have trouble with that team up the road, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's gonna be I'm, I'm, I'm very. And, and he did a great interview with our friend Alex Del Barrio, and yeah. um, and where he just kind of, I mean, he talked through. He's like, look, I thought about not playing. I, you know, I want to find the right fit, and Southwestern was the right fit for him. So I'm, we're, we're thrilled. Uh, please, his punch for him. And then the other one uh, is Daniel Enriquez. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Daniel Enriquez uh, from from Vela, uh, Edinburgh Vela, who is is one of our very very favorite uh, players uh, down there in the Rio Grande, like just an all-purpose superstar down there. Um, he announced that he is going to uh, Texas Lutheran and mm-hmm. play in Seguin, be Bulldogs. So congratulations to both those guys. Uh, you know, on, on Wednesday is National Signing Day. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, the FBS kids and, and the kids who are going to Oklahoma and the kids who are going to Texas. The kids are going to Ohio State and stuff like that. But um, uh, I, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't mention that, that it's a big day for a lot of kids uh, who are going to go and play in, 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 in FCS and in Division Two and Division Three. that they're fulfilling their dream as well. So uh, congratulations to all of them. Uh, we're, we're really, really excited for them. Uh, Levi Nebush uh, wanted to make sure that we all noticed that he, on Twitter he was like, uh, the Texas high school football playoffs were more entertaining than the Super Bowl, which is true. Sure. I had a sure. moment uh, when they were lining up the field goal at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, where <laughs> the I was funniest missed field goal, by the way. Terrible field goal. Uh, 
Tepper had. <laughs> it wasn't even to win the game. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to say it so Tepper doesn't have to repeat it. Tepper had $1,200 in a squares game riding on him making that kick. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 That's a thing. That's a thing that he happened. T- he lost 1200 on a sad field goal. It, was, it wasn't even close. It was the worst. Sorry, Tepper. Like Zerline had been money. Oh, it's, I'm not going to say Sorry, Tepper. Sorry, Tepper. Anyway. Uh, it was a charity squares thing for what it's worth. It was raising money for pediatric cancer, but it still would have been $1,250 in my pocket if Greg Zerline had put that. Yeah. So. Sorry. Oh. Um, Josh Chappa <laughs> says, by the way, Friday's recap of uh, FNL was awesome. I was dying. Hashtag Killer Landry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we've just created this alternative uni- universe that will never killer Landry. We will never drop now. Oh right? no! Every, that Landry is secretly only, murdering people I'm through the only, whole show. I'm only viewing the 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 Dylan world through the prism of serial at large serial yeah. killer yeah. Landry. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ruben Rios with an important question for you, Mr. Tepper. Yes, is Tep and Step on the shelf until next season? Yeah, so here's here's the problem. The problem is that Tep and Step is primarily it's it's just a, if you ever listen to the show, it's just a it's just a preview show. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I could be talked into maybe doing like a monthly kick around with Step or sure. something like that, but I'd have to talk to him about that. I think you um, should. I think you should do like an inside baseball kind of coaching hires. Yeah, this and that's happening. Here, and, oh, and here's the other thing is that in in next year. Next year at this time, realignment. We'll have a realignment yeah. one, and we may do yeah. like three tepid yeah. steps on realignment. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. That but makes sense. for now, it's just you know, there's just not you know, there's one of the the reason we launched Teppin Step is that there is more to talk about than we can fit in on this show, mm-hmm. and right now there's exactly enough, and yeah. sometimes not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is why we do. Some of the segments we do, understandable. Yeah, Brent Holman, who during the entire episode today was trying to create a contest. By which he was he had he was making the rules with these cohorts, the TF tiers. What in the hell? In an effort to win them swag. What in the hell? Without me ever signing off on any of it. And I will say, I can't remember if it was Daniel or, or Miziel who said I would change the rules by the end of it to that the three hundredth person watching a live episode would be the one getting swag because that hadn't happened yet. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Miziel, quit asking me about Liverpool or I'm gonna ban you. Uh, my heart cannot take it right oh, now. He, it's yeah, hard he enough. Is, you're, it's he is hard stressing enough. every match. Finally, uh, Brent also says, mark your calendars. I'll oh. be at Cabela's in Fort Worth on February 15th and 17th, working, doing a demonstrate demonstration and talking fishing. Uh, nice. Where is this? At the Cabela's in Fort Worth. Huh. Of course he's going to be here then because I'll be out of town. Yeah. <laughs> when is this? February 15th and 17th. <laughs> Oh, uh, nope. yeah, that's a, that's a problem because nope. uh, he never runs this stuff by us before. No, you, that's a, that's a, that's a problem because that's a they would reschedule the whole that's, thing that's on tep, our schedule. That's Tepwife's birthday. Oh, that's, that's a that's a hard no, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she'd really enjoy a day at Cabela's talking fishing <laughs> for her birthday. I'm sorry. Have you met my wife? <laughs> Maybe it's a secret passion. Of yeah, hers. yeah, a secret passion. Her two things are Dawson's Creek and, and fishing, fishing. fishing. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Max Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow, maybe, on Texas Football Today. (laughs) 